0: Fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Peraldi Joey or Joey Aujan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod MN, Stitcher, Double Twist, of course, iHeart Radio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you, always, 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 for joining me today. Memorial Day, Memorial Day, May 25th, 2020, Memorial Day, so Brave the Wild always seems to pop up on holidays, like July 4th, I seem to always wind up doing Brave the Wild on July 4th, that's usually a free agency catch-up and draft and all that, it just always seems to happen, Thanksgiving Day, that's that's tradition now for Brave the Wild, so Brave the is just kind of a, it's just kind of a tradition, I think I've done it on Christmas Day more than once, so <laughs> I've, I've done every show. On Christmas Day, I swear, like at least once or twice. Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, Purple Mafia. But uh, thank you once again. Back talking hockey again, and there's hope that there'll be an NHL season. You got a playoff bracket going on. You know, it's moving further and further towards that. you still got the shutdown with COVID this, COVID that, and all of you know about that, and it's frustrating, and it sucks, and it's stupid, but last night, the reason why I'm on the air today, and of course I'll get caught up on other things as well, a fan interaction and other just interesting bits and pieces, little nuggets here and there. But last night on NHL Network, it was just, you know, during the course of the day, New York Islanders, New York Islanders, New York Islanders, New York Islanders. It was the anniversary, 40 year anniversary, of the New York Islanders' first Stanley Cup, where they defeated the, uh, the Broad Street Bullies, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers had won two Stanley Cups about five years earlier and the Bobby Clark and Ryan Propp was on that team in 1980 uh, when the uh, New York Islanders won it all. So that New York area, of course, uh, had a lot of special things going on in 1980. 1979, 1980, of course, you got the Isles winning, and they were actually underdogged in that series, which some of you may or may not know. Philadelphia had a uh, far superior record. It's just that after that, that's when New York was usually the better team, including against uh, the 1981 New York Islanders, who played against, or should I say, faced off against the Minnesota North Stars. And that just kind of got me going because I saw things and I just kept watching it closely. And it's like, you know, the way they just outclassed the North Stars time and time again throughout that game uh, and throughout that series and ended up being a 4-1 uh, uh, to one series in five games. Of course, they're just showing the fifth game where they ultimately beat the North Stars. And it's like, ah, oh, the frustration. Oh, of course, we don't have a Gretzky. We don't have an Iserman, this and that. So it's kind of like you go over with Lou Nanny, this and that. But you look over the roster, of course, the North Stars didn't have a megastar on the roster, but there were quite a few good players on the team. And it's like, but there was one glaring weakness, one glaring weakness, and one of the reasons why the New York Islanders stomped all over the North Stars in that series. And they really did, and it's sad. Um, And those of you that might want to come out and say, Lou Nanny was a terrible general manager, there were times, sure. Uh, and that's kind of going to be my main focus here in segment number one. Segment number two, we'll get caught up with, uh, or actually, let's just do this one segment shot. I kept thinking, debating on the fly here, and it doesn't really matter. We'll just do a one segment shot like we have been doing lately. Um, Or I'll change it, who knows. But otherwise, we'll get to fan interaction, catching up on the Minnesota Wild, and the possibility we'll be uh, facing off in a 24-team tournament to get things rolling. Kind of a little play-in deal, and then ultimately, then the main playoffs will get going when things resume here, possibly in July at some point, hopefully. But uh, this was kind of the main reason I wanted to get on the air. Of course I was going to get caught up on something, but this is something extra. And you figure, if I'm going to get on the air at some point to talk about the Minnesota Wild, the Timberwolves, the Vikings, whatever it is, I want to wax nostalgic because well, that's kind of the main theme right now. And I want to talk a bit about that 1981 Stanley Cup Final and a lot as to why the Minnesota North Stars got pounded in that series. Now, to talk about Lou Nanny, and you get on the air, and you want to talk about Lou Nanny, and some people might think, you know, he wasn't a very good GM, this and that. He missed out on, you know, he could have drafted this guy. He could have drafted that guy. Things could have been so much better. And, uh, you know, sure, things could have been better in a lot of ways. But there were other situations that popped up. Ah, oh, how disappointing. <laughs> the noise upstairs is just getting started again. They weren't here, and now they're here. <laughs> Ugh, oh, isn't that just life? Sorry for bringing that onto the air, but I had to. Ugh, oh, disappointing. <laughs> Some things are just very disappointing, but uh oh, man, it is what it is, isn't it? When you look at Lou Nanny, though, generally speaking, which is where I was going before the, I got distracted by something, uh, <laughs> unwinded guests will say, right? <laughs> I know, I'm naughty. I had to say it. I'll just leave it on there. It's something for you to laugh at, I suppose. Um, Bobby Smith, you know, he wasn't this superstar. He had his great moments, but he wasn't this great superstar. But at the end of the day, you look at the draft in 1978, and not many people really were up there. Uh, Bobby Smith ended up having the highest career point numbers of all the players in the draft. In fact, he was the only guy to really reach 1,000 points. Uh, A couple of sleepers as you get further and further into the 11th round and stuff. Wow. (laughs) Some of them really hung on and such. But uh, generally speaking, it's just unfortunate we didn't get the number one pick in the draft in 1979 because, you know, it could have had Wayne Gretzky, which would have been unbelievable. But sometimes that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. You look at the Minnesota North Stars, though, and the glaring weakness, and I'm going to get to it right now, one of the main reasons why the North Stars would lose so Handily to the New York Islanders, of course the Islanders were a, a dynasty, right? But it's like you think, why can't we have at least competed with them? But here's the thing. This is what set me off and why I jumped on the air. Who was their captain? Who was the captain of this team? Who was the captain of the Minnesota North Stars in 1981 in the Stanley Cup Finals and playoffs and all that? Paul Schmeer? Paul Schmeer? Paul Schmeer? What? Some 34-year-old defenseman who had 10 points in 61 games, one goal in the season. And it's not like the offense necessarily, but who the bleep is Paul Schmier? I mean, what is he, cream cheese or something? Schmier. He was Schmier. That's great. It wasn't spelled the same as, you know, Schmier, like cream cheese and all that. But Paul Schmier. I was like, that was the captain. Wow. And here's the reason why Paul Schmier was the captain of the team. Of course, he was 34 years old. But this is the unfortunate part. This is where the The bad luck comes in, and also one of the reasons why the North Stars got to the finals in the first place. Bobby Smith, 93 points, was only 22 years old. Yep, you had some decent veterans, but yeah, Steve Payne, very good player, 22. Al McAdam, okay, 28, but he wasn't the captain for some reason. Tim Young, only 25. But a lot of the main stars that really were the main reason why the North Stars went all the way. Dino Ciccarelli, 20 years old. Kurt Giles, 21. Brad Maxwell, only 23 Brad Palmer, who didn't do a whole lot afterward, but he was promising. He was a first-round pick and stuff and stuff. 18 years of age. Yeah, uh, he had an okay goalie in Gilles Malesh. I mean, he was decent. He was 30, but they relied much more the North Stars anyway on Don Vopray. Vopray, well, a very familiar name in the North Star circles. He was 18. Don Bilpre was only 18 years of age. So it was literally kids against the New York Islanders. You know, so you might as well have tried to replay the Olympics again. The, you know, him, it just unfortunately, it just wasn't the case. There was no miracle on ice this time around for Minnesota, but there was for New York, I guess, because it took place in New York, and that cup final ended in New York also, which, much to our chagrin, was the case. So sometimes that's just how that goes at the end of the day. But back to the point, I mean, Neil Broughton, only 20 years of age. He'd only played three seasons, or three games in the regular season, but got two goals, so obviously off to a nice start, and what a great career he ended up having. I mean, it's one good player after another, of course, including the goalie. But if you're going to talk about an 18-year-old goalie, <laughs> a 20-year-old right winger who, again, recovered from a nasty femur injury like a year or so before, who obviously was one of the MVPs of the postseason, he would have been the Smythe winner in Dino rally if the North Stars won the Stanley Cup. A smallish defenseman who was so valuable, but again, 21 in Kurt Childs. I mean, you know what? See, these guys, at this age, are the reason, at this age and their talent level, a combination of their age and their talent level are the reason why the North Stars got to the Cup Finals, but it's also, unfortunately, the reason why they did not win the Stanley Cup. It's a combination of both, because, see, they were young, super talented, and loosey-goosey. There was no pressure on these guys. There's no pressure whatsoever. See, as the years go forward the team got better, they won more games, and they would lose early. Uh, And then they get to the conference final in 83 against the Edmonton Oilers a couple years later, only to get swept by, you know, a future dynasty. Now that Edmonton team went up and lost to the New York Islanders, and the next year was a rematch, and Edmonton finally dethroned the New York Islanders, and they started winning Stanley Cups. Four out of five, to be exact, in the Edmonton Oilers' case before Gretzky and his wife ended up moving to Los Angeles, California. But of course, that was at the end of the day, a tough situation where the Los Angeles Kings basically bought Gretzky from the Edmonton There's a very strange situation. Strange. I mean, there's all kinds of stories you heard over the years that we thought that Gretzky's wife wanted to be an actress, and that's why he wound up in L.A. I don't know. One way or another, he wound up in L.A., and that screwed things up, unfortunately. For uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers, uh, it's just too bad. Uh, as good as this North Stars team was, there were dynasties in the way, like Edmonton and such, and then of course bad draft picks that took place as well. Brian Lawton, instead of multiple players after him that could have had a much better, much better run, it's just a darn shame. <clears throat> and then again, again, Paul Shamir is your captain. I mean, there was just no, no leadership. Unfortunately, I'm not sure, though. I mean, somebody else, like a Steve Payne, only 22. Again, see, that's another player it was only 22. He was drafted the same year as Bobby Smith in the second round. Nice draft by uh, Lou Nanny there, to be quite honest. Uh, McAdam was 28. Why he wasn't a captain, I don't know, instead of Paul Schmier. But I guess Schmier earned it with his tough effort. Mike Polish had some moments, but not really good numbers. He was just kind of a lower-end guy, unfortunately. Obviously, only 16 points. Uh, 13 points, pardon me, on the season. Again, great Govers career and all that. Uh, absolutely awesome Govers career, but just unfortunately not much of a success rate at the National Hockey League level. Uh, 62 points for the Govers and only 42 games as a senior for the 1975 Govers, who unfortunately lost in the National Championship game. <sighs> they were good, and then things just went south very quickly for that club. Um, but no, I mean, it's like you want to Max nostalgic, you want to look at things it's like Lou Nanny put a good team together when there was no pressure on them, they went all the way, and then when the pressure was on the next year, they won the division and they lost to the Blackhawks right away. Uh, that Blackhawks team, you could argue, was actually almost worse than it was like a it was a bigger upset almost than, say, what the North Stars did to the Blackhawks uh, nine years later, of course, in 91, when the North Stars were fourth place, and what did we have, like 68 points, and I am still saying we, you betcha I'm saying we, only 68 points. That is nothing, man. You know, And Ty still gave you a point back then. You didn't have the shootout losses that would give you a point, which is extra, generally speaking. But uh, that's nothing. I mean, the Black Blackhawks team had the best record in the league, and the North Stars upset them. Um, it was almost an equal type of an upset nine years earlier where the Blackhawks upset the North Stars. So none of us should feel bad for what we did to the Blackhawks nine years later, as for damn sure. It- it's just a bummer, and it's just I wanted to analyze that and have a conversation about it. Most of us are too young. remember the 1981 Cup Final. I mean, I'm too young, but I got to sit down, analyze the situation, and that's the conclusion I came up with. And, you know, I was a damn good hockey team that unfortunately ran into a freight train, and there's just a reason why the North Stars didn't compete with that club, because Philadelphia competed with the New York Islanders. I mean, it went to Game 6 at least, and it almost went to Game 7. What if Philadelphia scored instead of New York? What if it wasn't to Nelly, to Nystrom at the end of the day, to Mr. Nystrom? Uh, ended up leading them to a Stanley Cup championship. What if? What if that wasn't the case? Bob Nyström. Uh, I keep wanting to mix him up with Dan because obviously Dan played for the Wild, and it's like which one was Bob? Which one was Dan? Well, Bob was the older man. I guess Bob sounds like an older man than Dan typically, but not always. Um, but it just kind of is what it is when you look at the whole situation. Obviously, great New York team, New York Islanders, all that, and it was it was cool to see that. Now they're showing the frickin' New Jersey Devils sweeping the bleeping Detroit Red Wings. I don't like either team, but at the time I liked New Jersey more because they hadn't won yet. Now, all these years later when they'd won three, screw the New uh, screw the New Jersey Devils, man. I don't want them to win anything. <laughs> and I don't want Detroit to either, frankly. Uh, though now you almost kind of root for Detroit because they had the worst record the last couple of years. Where am I going with this? I don't know. I mean, it's fun to wax nostalgic to look at things, analyze the situation. I mean, Gilles Molesh was a decent goalie. There's a lot more hope riding on Don Bupre, but again, an 18-year-old goalie in the final against the Dynasty. Uh, Craig Hartsburg was also a very good player. Craig Harts- Hartsburg, pardon me, only 21. So it's like you look at the youth. It shows you Lou Nanny drafted, uh, put together some pretty good, a pretty good group of players in just a couple of years. I mean, most of these guys were draft picks by Lou Nanny. Some of his first guys, Bobby Smith uh, and such, Hartsburg, was like way, way early. Tom McCarthy, 20 years of age. Tom McCarthy, only 20 years of age. Steve Payne, 22 Al McAdam was not. Uh, Al McAdam, I believe, was a teammate of uh, Lou Nanny's earlier. Brian Maxwell was also pretty young. He might have been right before Lou Nanny. And guys like Polish and stuff. Paul Schmier, again, it's just, you know, the guy he never did a whole lot. And just imagining him as a captain, a guy that no one's ever freaking heard of, basically. I mean, you have to really, really know a lot of hockey history. Now, he had some good seasons in the, w, in the World Hockey Association, pardon me, but it didn't translate to the NHL. He did well for the Edmonton Oilers in the late 70s. He came to the National Hockey League with the North Stars and the Whalers, and it's like his career just died. Um, Plus a lot of penalty minutes, and that physical guy, okay, that's great, you know, but it just, there wasn't a whole lot of success in the NHL. He just did way better in the uh, World Hockey Association, Cleveland Crusaders. Uh, Generally speaking, this wasn't the NHL. Even though Edmonton ended up being a spectacular team, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't an overall great situation. In terms of competition, uh, Edmonton did translate very well to the NHL, but other teams didn't. You didn't hear about Cleveland, Cleveland Crusaders, San Diego Mariners. That's interesting, uh, and of course, California Golden Seals, which he played with. That's kind of cool. <laughs> the Dallas Blackhawks, the CHL, Dallas Blackhawks. Hawks, Vancouver Canucks. He played all over the place. This was—it's kind of like the, uh, the ABA in the in the and the NBA in the seventies, and then in the NHL, you had the WHL and the NHL. It's kind of interesting how similar things happened in the 1970s. You kind of had offbeat leagues and all that, and players translating and others not translating. And Paul Schmier, I don't think he translated very well to the National Hockey League versus the uh, World Hockey Association. So sometimes that's just how it goes. Uh, but it's just a damn shame. It's too bad that the, this North Star team either A, didn't have that Steve Eiserman years later, which would have been great uh, a great help. And of course, ultimately, when Lou Nanny had to trade away Dino Cesarelli, He got a great player in return in Larry Murphy. And then Bobby Clark trades away Larry Murphy for Jim Johnson. I've been bitter about that forever. I don't need to bring it up every show, but I'm bringing it up again because I'm waxing nostalgic. And sometimes going for the tough guy versus the talented guy is stupid. It's just plain stupid. And I don't know, as good as Bobby Clark was kind of energizing the North Stars after a couple of crappy seasons, it was, uh, you know, that was not one of his better moves. Uh, it was interesting, to, though, to see Brian Propp score one of the important goals <laughs> in that uh, Philadelphia series. It's too bad. I mean, Brian Propp lost the Stanley Cup there, lost it years later, I believe in 87, to the Edmonton Oilers, and then in 91, lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins as a member of the North Stars. Just kind of a crying shame. Certain guys, as great as they were, and uh, good teams they're on, they never seem to bring home the Stanley Cup. Sometimes that's just how it goes, and unfortunately, a lot of these guys never did. Dino Ciccarelli. Uh, never got to win a Stanley Cup, even though he was on the Detroit Red Wings all those great seasons. It's a doggone shame, right? After, you know, 95-96, you know, he played in the 95 Finals, so he's banged up, and that was a kind of a weird season and all that because of the lockout. Uh, or that was that one. That one That one was a strike. It wasn't a lockout yet. That was a strike. And then in 96-97, uh, he went to Tampa, had a great season still, considering he had 35 goals. But not with Detroit. That was still a fairly new expansion team. And no Stanley Cup. Just, damn, I I feel bad for Dino Cesarelli guys like that. You could go on forever. All those great seasons with Detroit, including the year they knocked us out uh, in 91-92. And ultimately, they knocked us out again in a single-game situation where the North Stars were fighting for their playoff lives in the final game of the season and ultimately missed the playoffs and that was it. Uh, And the St. Louis Blues made the playoffs and all that. Sorry about this background noise. Um, But uh, that was an unfortunate deal there. But, you know, it does show Lou Nanny did put together a pretty good team, I would have to say, and then started making mistakes earlier on. It's like there was no pressure on Lou Nanny really starting out, even though there's always pressure on every general manager, but the beginning days he put together some real nice players and then as the years wore on, some of the drafts weren't as good. They just weren't. And that's... uh, a damn shame at the end of the day. Uh, it just is. It's like you just want to kind of comb over the North Stars drafting history and such. Craig Hartsburg. he was a 6th overall pick. I ended up having a pretty decent career as a defenseman. Tom McCarthy, guys like that. Neil Broden, see, that's another one. That's a great pick. I mean, 3rd round, 3rd round, 42nd overall, so it's not like he was that low. But considering how great he was before the uh, injury later on in his career, awesome pick. Ah, uh, Tyler Nanny, and of course, you know it's a homer pick, but it's a great pick. And Don Beaupre, man, he had eight assists, <laughs> but of course, no goals. Only uh, a couple guys scored goals from the uh, from the pipes there. <laughs> Fascinating stuff. You look at the eighty one draft. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of not a whole lot to get excited about. At the end of the day, Scott Bukestad was okay. He was a later pick. Pat McIlhenny was a ninth round pick and only had two points. Two goals, pardon me. And, of course, had a pretty bad knee injury. Uh, Brian Bellis was an awesome pick in 1982. Though some people would say that the North Stars could have done better. It kind of is what it is. I mean, could they really? Uh, You know, Phil Housley would have probably been a better pick. But other than that, Brian Bellis was one of the best. Uh, Andrew Chuck went on to Buffalo, had an extremely successful career as well. So it's guys like that. You know, Phil Housley, Andrew Chuck. um, Pat Verbeek versus... Brian Bellows. I'd rather have uh, Brian Bellows. So, it certainly wasn't a bad pick. Uh, Gord Kluchak did a heck of a lot worse. And he, uh, his career was very short-lived for the Boston Bruins. So, I can't complain about that pick whatsoever at the end of the day by uh, <laughs> by uh, uh, Lou Nanny. It's just, you know, again the Brian Lawton one was disappointing. <laughs> of course, uh, the number one pick in 1981 wasn't too exciting either. Only 13 career points. Brian London, yeah, he's just only 266 and 483. That's not good. Mitch Messier, that's funny. Yeah, we had an opportunity to have Mark Messier as well. That one makes me cry. But then, yeah, you look at some of these drafts, like 84 was nothing, almost nothing. All you got was Ken Hodge out of it. Everyone else did nothing. So, I mean, Lunani had some slim years there. That was Riseboro like a bit. 86, a little bit better, but not really. The guys that made it but didn't do anything. So, unfortunate there. And then Mike Madonna was his last first-round pick, and it was very successful at the end of the day. Uh, It was kind of like a Lou Nanny. Look look at new Lou Nanny and the job he did leading into that 81 team and beyond during those couple years there, that couple-year span when the North Stars had opportunities to go far, but ultimately, unfortunately, did not bring home the Stanley Cup. Uh, Really, his last good pick until Madonna was Brian Bellows, to be quite honest, and very successful. It's too bad brian bellows he could have been on that team earlier but obviously still very successful run and uh, some of those guys got a couple years older and were a little bit more experienced and ready to go but they never got back to the final until 91 and bobby smith has traded away and was reacquired by bobby clark and all that oh boy yep, oh the dream but it's just it's just minnesota sports one way or another if it's the north stars if it's the vikings Minneapolis Lakers probably wouldn't have been as successful after their spectacular run at the beginning. That's just how it goes sometimes. Sometimes that's just how things go at the end of the day when you're hoping for uh, a much more successful <laughs> much more successful franchise. I guess they just don't happen here very often unless it's go for hockey in the 70s or something along those lines. I guess length basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than nothing, that's for sure. But uh, at the end of the day... The success level yeah, isn't where you want it all the time. So I wanted to uh, wax nostalgic a little bit now. We can dive a bit into your questions on Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is where you'll go there. Give that a follow if you could. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota facebook.com forward slash brave the wild minnesota so we'll go there first this time and then wrap up with the twitter where it's a little bit more uh obviously a lot more engagement or so i believe right so may the 4th the last episode was april 9th of course that was uh looking at the minnesota wild all-time team someday i should do a north stars one but i just unfortunately don't go back far enough i wish i could uh, and of course yes, asked the new jersey devils just won the stanley Cup on nhl network gay you know but i mean no it was cool to see uh a very bearded, very grizzly-looking uh, Bill Guerin, pretty earlier in his career there, but a big old beard. And you got to see Neil Broden finally get his Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, he didn't get it in '81 or '91 with the North Stars, even though it was a very successful run. Uh, Martin Brodeur, his first of three. Boy, does he look young there? Because you see him in all those commercials nowadays. What is it, Enterprise? Enterprise Rent a Car. You know, I, I, I can't do the accent right. You be a for for your midlife crisis. Crisis, you know. I'm sorry, Canadian French Canadian accent. E maybe a Mercedes for your midlife crisis stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Ugh, Claude Lemieux. Ugh, Claude Lemieux. Ugh, Claude Lemieux. Ugh. Anybody old enough for the, to remember the 90s and the NHL and Claude F. Lemieux? Heck, he won the Stanley Cup with the uh, Montreal Canadiens, didn't he? Back in uh, '86. As did uh, Chris Chelios. He was a Montreal Canadian, if you can believe it. Ultimately, Chicago native and played for the Bleeping Blackhawks for a long time. This and that. Yes. Ah, Claude Lemieux. Ugh. Give it to Brodeur instead. Not Claude Lemieux. Oof. Mario Lemieux, I can understand. I mean, I, he's a legend, man. Legend. Legend. As much as it hurt watching him hold that beautiful maple-leafed uh, Smith trophy and Mets center. Yeah, that sucked. But at the same time, I mean, he's a freaking legend. Yeah, he's so freaking good. So let's get to the Facebook page. I was uh, talking about uh, the, us from <laughs> MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects, look that up, and I will have a link to that in the show description. MNW Prospects, absolutely awesome. Justin Backey, I guess that's how it's pronounced. I always called him Justin Back, and I hope he's not annoyed, but I guess it's Backey, according to uh, Michael Russo. That's how he pronounced it on his podcast. Justin Backe got in, and of course, again, MNW prospects got in the article. He he got in Michael Russo's article on the athletic, pardon me. Do, jo- do join that if you haven't yet. Of course, Michael Bleepin Russo, so cool. Uh, just unbelievable. And he mentioned all of us in there, all of us in the uh, MNW prospects that work with him, myself. So I got in the article. I can't even believe it. So as Michael Russo was saying, Becky's date night, of course, is dinner at Cosetta and a wild game. He owns a half dozen wild jerseys. He drags his family to development camps and open practices. He collects wild and North stars memorabilia, along with fellow fans, Pavel Bonnet, Pavel Bonet of MNW process. You recognize him? Czech Republic? Uh, the, 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 the Czech? Yeah. Can you believe it? Uh, Joey Awajin. Joey Awajin in The Athletic, yeah. Brandon Quast, yep. And Chad Walski. (laughs) Isn't that cool? He contributes to Facebook and Twitter group Wild Prospects and Young Players. Yep, MNW Prospects. It's actually ultimately called Wild Prospects and Young Players, but I always kind of do the uh, at MNW Prospects or Facebook.com forward slash MNW Prospects. That's how you can join those. But yeah, it's ultimately Wild Prospects and Young Players. That's the name of the page, but I always kind of go with the the way it comes out, so you can find it. You're more likely to find it that way, but I suppose you could either way. Nice picture of him with his, uh, his son there and his wife, a uh, couple of couple of kids there and his wife. Very cool, nice little lovely family there. Where well, they got in the athletic and they mentioned us. I mean, thank you, Justin, so much for mentioning myself and the others there. Pavel, Brandon and uh, Chad Walski there. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that cool? Thank you, and thank you, Michael Russo. I tweeted Michael Russo about it. I probably made too many mentions in the frickin' tweet. That might be why he's like, okay, whatever. That's why he didn't respond, but, hey, I had to mention everybody. Hey, you know, and because I got mentioned, I mean, uh, it's only fair, right? You know, I mean, I wouldn't dare not mention everybody, but uh, Michael Russo did not respond. It's okay. He probably doesn't know me well enough, but again, I just can't think... Justin and Michael Russo there enough for uh, getting, uh, getting myself and the others in there. Pricking cool. So there you go. The latest rumored playoff format involves 24 teams. I don't know why there's a sad face. Who's who's sad? Anthony Rongo? Why are you sad? Why are you sad? You I mean, other than um, I don't think it's disappointing, but uh, the latest rumored format involves Minnesota Wild facing off against the Vancouver Canucks, Schmucks, which I think we could win that series. Of course, we would be the underdog and the winners would be playing against The Colorado Avalanche, it would involve in the Western Conference. Four teams would get the first round by, which they're like the original. They would be the, yeah, they're not the original. They'd be like the Elite Eight type of teams. So St. Louis Blues would get the first round by. The winner of Calgary, Winnipeg, would uh, face off against the St. Louis Blues. I do believe Calgary would win that series. I think Minnesota can beat the uh, Vancouver Canucks, so I think Calgary and St. Louis would face off. In that one, St. Louis would probably win that. We'll come back. Minnesota, Colorado. We can certainly beat the Colorado Avalanche, but I'm sure most people would favor them. Uh, far be it for me to pick the Minnesota Wild to lose to the Colorado Avalanche, though. Um, the only time we lost to them was when we were favored, when we won the division. So far be it for me to pick the Minnesota Wild to lose to the Colorado Avalanche as an underdog, because we've never lost to the Colorado Avalanche as an underdog in a playoff series. We're 2-0, and and we're 2-0 and on uh, 3-0, and historically on the road in Game 7. Freaking awesome. Vegas Golden Knights, which I'm happy about, would have a... Uh, First round by they would face off against the Phoenix Coyotes or Nashville Predators. I think Phoenix there maybe, Nashville's better, but I think maybe Phoenix might be more of a more of the kind of team that would be on an influential run. Blackhawks and Oilers, you got to go with the Oilers there. Come on, I mean as good as the Blackhawks are, the Oilers are better. They would face off against Dallas, uh, that's a first round by team if they make it. Uh, Philly. So in the Eastern Conference, the buys are Boston, Tampa. Capital, uh, Washington Capitals and Philadelphia Flyers. Congratulations, Chuck Fletcher and Ron Hextall for doing a good job putting that team together. Again, anything not so good that I said about Ron Hextall last summer when he was a candidate for Minnesota, even if he was a dark horse candidate, I, I'm still apologizing for that because he did a good job. It just wasn't immediate. He did he had a scorched earth approach that ended up producing a pretty good team not too long later. It didn't even take that long. Uh, you got your goalie of the future. You're in good shape there in Philly. Ron Hexdahl gets credit for that much more than Chuck Fletcher. Believe me. Believe me. <laughs> Just like these last two drafts, Paul Fendon's getting the credit. I'm sorry. He has to get the credit. As you know, much as we might not like the guy, he drafted very well. And um, a lot of us are happy about it. Guys like Hovinov, uh, Beckman, uh, and, and all that. I mean, you got to recognize what he did. you got to recognize that. So... Let's keep moving here. Boston Bruins, who I think would be the favorite to win it all this year. I, I really still stand by that. But who knows what kind of Momo, what kind of momentum they'd have after this long shutout here, this long layoff. They've been furloughed, basically. Yes. Uh Toronto would face off against the Columbus blue jackets in the first round. Toronto's talent and all that, they need to win that that little that play in game or series three 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 game series or whatever it would be. Best of five. Maybe it's best of one. Maybe it's just a quick play in. I don't know. I think it'd be best of like five or something. Ah, Toronto's got to beat Columbus, right? Toronto's got to beat Columbus. And then we all know what happened when Toronto's going to play Boston, though. We all know what would happen then. <laughs> it's not going to be good. <laughs> Tampa Bay, oh, New York Islanders and uh, Florida Panthers. Panthers have a lot of talent and they're well coached, but the New York Islanders are well coached also. And my God, uh, that's a good team. That's a good New York team, man. I got a lot of respect for that New York Islanders franchise, obviously. Uh, and maybe they would honor that 40th anniversary in the ultimate way, but man, I don't think they're going to win the Cup. Uh, but I think New York would beat Florida to face off against Tampa. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes and New York Rangers would face off against each other to, uh, for the rights to play against the, the uh, first-round by Capitals, and then Pittsburgh versus Montreal would face off against Philadelphia uh, after the bye. So Calgary, I have Calgary beating Winnipeg. St. Louis would beat them. Colorado versus Minnesota. Minnesota beats Colorado. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis next round. St. Louis wins and goes to the West Finals. Yes. So we get to the second round. We lose again, damn it. And uh, St. Louis goes to the West Finals. Um, I think Vegas also comes out. I think they beat the Stars and uh, the the Nashville and all that. I think the Stars beat uh, Edmonton, but I think Vegas beats the Stars. And it's Vegas versus St. Louis in the West Final. Tampa and Boston and all that. Uh Boston easily beats Toronto again four games to one or four nothing, something like that. I think Boston outlasts Tampa Bay in a six or seven game series. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, we know who's gonna win that one. Oh I don't wanna see I don't wanna see this again. I don't wanna see the Capitals, but I think the Capitals and the and the Boston Bruins face off in the East Finals and you're gonna see Boston versus Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I think it's... Is it going to be a rematch of last year? I think Boston versus Vegas. I think Boston and Vegas go in the final and Boston wins the cup. That's just my guess. It's all just random. It's all guessing. It is what it is. So that's my quick little thing. We'll see what happens if that's really going to be what it is. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. And a shout-out also, before I get too far, Minnesota Wild Global. Thank you, Scott Cavendish, for having me on board that page and for allowing me to post links on the page as well thank you Scott Cavendish, you're an awesome guy uh, here out of Minnesota for founding this page and uh, having me as one of the founding members and such and Ka- Pavel and Chad Wolski, David Kostick Chance Kostick, you could go on forever, awesome people, Kathy Main um, awesome, awesome people on that page uh, Michael Fick, uh, awesome people there and such so, let's get to that Twitter account finally, I thought I had it up and I I guess I didn't Tom Hayen, yep, and I'm saying it correct, I hope, right, Derek? Derek Felska, Tom Hayen, boy, that's a lot of posts since the last one, and I hate those damn masks. I still hate masks, still hate them, still hate them. Ah, cool, yep, Uh, Derek Felska posting, uh, uh, tweeting to me about uh, OHL, Niagara Ice Dogs, and the Everett Silver Taps. I like those Silver Tips ones. They look kind of like the, uh, they don't look like the North Stars, do they? They look cool, though, it looks cool. Uh, obviously, the logo doesn't, but I mean the colors, the team colors. Maybe they look like Dallas a little bit. Ice Dogs are cool. That's a, The logo's cool there, and I think the jersey's cool for the silver tips and the name is kind of cool as well. Look at all those true shot jerseys. Derek was giving me the shout-outs and all that. I can't thank him enough. Always, always, always. Okay, April 7th, so that was the last episode. Uh, Derek Felsko was saying, Check out some great NHL and MN Wild talk with Brave the Wild. He discusses who would be on the Minnesota Wild all-time team. Minnesota Wild all-time team, pardon me, I'm talking too fast. As well as fan questions from Jay Bushy, Tom Hayen, and MN Soda. Yep, that was awesome. MN Soda 24. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Derek Felska was saying, and it's at crease and assist. Again, awesome writer is uh, Derek Felska. That is a great blog. I highly recommend you follow that and read, 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 because he, his knowledge of hockey is insane. Eric Felske is a, you know, he is an encyclopedia of, of hockey on all levels, especially the NHL, but I mean, he has a lot of knowledge in, in general in hockey, and he knows a lot of people, too. So, he is a, he is a source of hockey information. Uh, he tweets me saying, here's an older version of the, of the Ackity Bathurst Titan. Yup, 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 yep, I'm probably mispronouncing that already, and that was that cool-looking logo with the Yep, the uh that Viking like helmet. I will take a picture. yeah, that is really cool. Uh, I will take a picture of some of my major junior jerseys when I get home. I used to have oh boy. I used to have the uh that by Cameo Cameo Dracar jersey, but I gave it to a friend of mine. At MN Soda got it for me for my birthday. Isn't that cool? Pretty cool people. See that's what I love about uh hockey people. You guys are the greatest because I remember Derek just recently sent me a shirt also just recently of the uh, Cape Breton Screaming Eagles, or Cape, Cape Breton Eagles, pardon me, and it sounds like Sean Boudrias is no longer going to be affiliated with the Minnesota Wild. It sounds like we're losing his rights, so that really sucks. It uh, sounds like we're not going to be keeping Sean Boudrias, so that's disappointing, but uh, hopefully we'll have more prospects with the Cape Breton Eagles there. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it just is what it is sometimes. <sighs> yep, sometimes that's how it goes. Uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, of course. And yes, when he was talking about, Derek was talking about the OHL teams. That was these uh, WHL Everett Silvertips, OHL Niagara Ice Dogs. I Niagara Ice Dogs. This year I covered for the Quebec, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the British Columbia Hockey League, BCHL. And I'll most likely be resuming that role if this ever uh, starts up again. Hopefully uh things don't repeat themselves for Black Back in the day. Lovely picture, but I don't like the mask though. That's of the the picture he posted there of a nice nice girl there. <laughs> but I, I don't like masks. I hate all that stuff. Justin Back was saying that's excellent news. Thanks for the tag. So oh uh he was saying yep, Derek Velsko was saying a nominee for the Bill Hunter Memorial Trophy presented by REMAX Western. Addison. Okay, yep, that's the guy we got from uh, Pittsburgh. Addison uh, played a leading role on the Hurricanes defense. Yep, pretty cool. Yep, and WHL's Hurricanes there. Cool. Uh, yep, Minnesota. There we go. Minnesota. Check, uh, check it out, Minnesota sports fans. Uh, Minnesota said, this weekend I was inspired to begin working on my next amateur documentary, North Star State. A complete history of the Minnesota North Star. Wow, isn't that cool? A video to get the idea out. Thanks again to Tim Mahoney for supporting, for supporting Indie Film. Very cool. Very, very cool. I recommend Minnesota's work there on YouTube and such. Very, very cool. Uh, keep that coming. Keep that coming. Yep, keep them, keep them coming, Minnesota. And yes, major shout out to him again. Derek Felska says, If the rumored Wild Alternate Jersey jersey is a wild-logoed North Stars color sweater. Should the team take the opportunity to ditch the Christmas colors altogether, or no? Please retweet... Oh, I should have said something. I apply. I, I apologize. I would, uh, I would love to get the North Stars colors back, so I would say yes, also. And I would never say, meh, don't care. I would say, yeah. Much as I love the Christmas colors, and it's kind of our identity and everything, if you could bring back the Minnesota North Stars colors, I'd be all in. I apologize for not, uh, man, I must have been, yeah, I was caught up in that lawn cleanups around that time. I'm sad. Uh, Anthony Crane says, I'd be disappointed if they pay tribute to the Dallas Stars heritage. Ty Sandstrom says, I'd like to see the Wild uh, imagined in the green and gold for a third jersey. But yeah, it would just be third jersey, so I'm all in for that. But it would need to be an absolute perfect rebrand to make it permanent. I would absolutely love it, though. I, I would really love it. If, if it was a third jersey, no question. Okay, I see. Yep, crease and Assist. Yep, he posted the article there on April 28th. Yep, I checked that out. Awesome. NHL Scouting Final Rankings Movement Tracker. Who fell and who rose up in the ranks? For this year's draft, check it out. Awesome. The Sports Daily—that's where uh, recent assist resides. Derek Felska says. So the NHL is looking at moving up this at uh, moving up this year's entry draft. What is the Wild's greatest chance or greatest area of need in regards uh, to team prospect Well, it's definitely top six center slash offense. Yes, so I agree with that. Eighty-three percent support that, or should I say eighty-four? Tom Hayen was replying to uh, kind of everybody here. He said this is an easy one in terms of first-round picks. You don't you don't draft a goalie while Capo is still in the pipeline, and there is no earthly reason to take a D-man that high unless either Suter, Spurge, Dumbo, or J-Bro. Oh, Joe Bro, pardon me, Jonas Brodin is getting dealt, and Addison has quit playing hockey. Yeah, I mean that's a, I agree with you, Tom. Hayden. Yeah, because I mean we're pretty full right now at defense, and you got some good prospects down. In Iowa and in the juniors, like i have getting Addison especially, but I mean you know Belpedio, Brennan Menel, those guys need a shot. Mike says, at Moko Mokov sixty two says, "How about a player who can score and then had like uh, big eyes there?" That's kind of funny. I agree. NHL ninety five confessions indeed. Hmm. Interest. Yep. NHL ninety five. Whether it's true or not, this is one of the most entertaining comments I've seen in any one of my videos. I went on an emotional roller coaster ride for about 12 seconds. Hmm. <laughs> so, Tim McHugh, Tim McHugh says, that's a hell of a story. Must have a, uh, a little, a little, like winning the actual cup. Hmm. Derek says, I just left my own little epic on that same YouTube video. Okay, what's going on here? Uh, He says, it was the summer of 95, and it was Beach Week. For months, I had been regarded as the best NHL 95 player in the state by my close friends, and there was this guy, John, who was regarded as the best player by his friends. So the matchup was set on Rogers Street in Dewey Beach, Delaware, in June of 1995. So that's NHL 94, yep. Uh, There must have been... Twenty to thirty five people watching this long anticipated game between us. John took a five zero lead going into the third period. Hmm. My friends were down on me and I was getting heckled to no end by John's friends. I came back like a tornado and tied it five to five in the third and won in an OT six to five. Wow. My friends carried me on their shoulders down the steps of the beach house and down the street. I'm forty three now. Hmm. <laughs> Yep, three years older than I am. And that's still one of the greatest moments of my life. That's pretty cool. Nice story, Al. Uh, Al De Depenshaw. Awesome. In Delaware, huh? Dewey Street. Street. Dewey Beach, Delaware. Cool, man. Cool. Well done, mate, as they'd say in Australia. Brandon Molesky. Ah, tweeting to Brandon Molesky, are you? Brandon Molesky was asking... You can only select players whose name starts with the same letter as yours. What's your lineup? Oh, great. I should have responded to this. Shoot. Because of me, that'd be all J's. Ah, oh, shoot. Oh, maybe I'll try to get back to that on a future episode. I can't jump into that at this second. I probably should have, though. Uh, okay, so now we're getting into the current stuff. Now we are getting into the current stuff. Uh, I'm going to type in that. So to, to, to ask questions, type in hashtag... Uh, BtW hashtag btwmn that's the best way to go and you'll get uh, everything there so you get the questions see if they load here would be very much appreciated and there's a loads or uh, ad that's funny Uh good got got a couple uh, these from a couple hours ago and then you get into January okay so Derek Felska says yeah. which play in matchup. I'm guessing it is. Which play-in matchup do you think is the most intriguing besides Wild versus Canucks? Okay, the play-in matchup. I apologize. So that's what you meant. The play-in matchup. Okay. So, yeah, they are playing games, and then it's uh, the regular 16. I see. Yep, that's that's that makes sense. Obviously, Minnesota-Vancouver is a cool one. Pittsburgh, Montreal. Some of these, it's like the opponent's kind of weak. Might be Nashville and... Uh, might be Nashville and Phoenix because you never at Phoenix. I just call them Phoenix, Nashville, and Arizona. Uh, you know what though? It's got to be Edmonton versus Chicago because think about it. Edmonton's got some superstars at the top. Chicago's got superstars. We can say what we want about the Blackhawks and how they've fallen off the map, but you got Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, guys like that, and against you know Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, you know uh, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, guys like that. Both of the goaltenders are kind of meh. But I suppose Chicago's got better goaltendings, maybe, if Crawford's healthy, if uh, they traded Robin Leonard to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm going to go with Chicago versus uh, Oilers, because what if Chicago goes on a run? Because they could. If they beat the Oilers, they could go on a run. So, uh, you know, Carolina versus New York doesn't do a whole lot. Montreal and Pittsburgh, it's just no Pittsburgh's going to win that. New York Islanders versus Florida, that's probably second, only because excellent coaches there. Uh, right there, and obviously Minnesota-Vancouver, sweet, sweet history and all that. Calgary's got to be Winnipeg, right? I would hope so. I will go with Chicago versus the Edmonton Oilers. Chicago versus the Edmonton Oilers, Derek. Yep. So we'll continue. Tom Hayen says, assuming K.K. Kirill Kaprizov does indeed sign with the organization, would it be the most Minnesota Wild thing to not at least start the season with he and Fiala on the same line? <sighs> I suppose so, yeah. I mean, it would be disappointing if they didn't. Because, yeah, Fiala, you know, even though he's a natural left shot, he plays on the right side. And he likes to play on the right side. And he's had a lot of success playing there. So, uh, and then Kirill Kopersov is left. The only problem is, again, who's the center? Is it freaking cunning, Or what the heck do you do? Eric Stahl, is he too slow? Ah, boy. Kwevu is too retired, possibly. man. That's the problem. The center position is really tough up the middle. It really is, isn't it? Uh, Derek Felska was saying, because he was, uh, Tom Hayen was tweeting Derek Felska's tweet out. Uh, Derek said, with the NHL close to a summer return and the draft looming closer, do you have any Minnesota Wild questions burning on your mind? Okay, so that's what that was, to get people's attention to, to join in. It would be a Minnesota thing, I suppose. I mean, you, yeah, I, I, I think you got to put them on the same line. I think that'd be cool. Tom Hayen again says, with the 20 the 2020-21 season, starting sometime after Thanksgiving, how will the effed-up off-season affect the players? Probably not not too well. Uh, this whole thing, apparently, current situation, they're showing, I think they're showing guys practicing, unless this is old, now it's old. I wish it was current. Um, I don't Carter Hart there. Philadelphia Flyers, baby. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, it's not going to be good, no, it's not going to be good. There, there's some talk about, was it Patrick Laney? He's he's not ready. He's he's just saying he is absolutely nowhere near ready to play NHL hockey right now. But partially that's on Patrick Liney, isn't it? A little bit. I mean, shouldn't but then again I suppose they couldn't even go to rinks. That's the worst part. I mean that's where I think living in fear is a big problem and I really loved and I mean I loved what Eric Stahl said on the uh Minnesota Wild Podcast most recently. Download that and hear what he said nearing the end when he said, uh, I'm not somebody who likes to live in fear. You know, he wants to, you know, he does not want to live in fear. He's not scared of everything under the sun, basically, which I think a lot of people are right now, and I don't think that's good. I I I, I, I don't think it's good, and to just live in fear, you I mean, you can't even skate at the rink. Are, are you really touching anybody? Just just skate at the damn rink. Just let people skate at the damn rink. I think living in fear is, is not good. Tom Hayen continues, he says, with the Iowa squad having some promising young offensive players does it now resonate how incredibly ridiculous the Zicarillo signing was was and is yes it does <laughs> yes it does it's it really sucks it's a Zicarillo's got some talent but he's over 30 he's like what 32 33 six million a year and no move clause and five years and stuff it's like four and a half or five well, you know the rest of this quote unquote season. I don't know. It's depressing, isn't it, Tom? It's really depressing. Yeah, it's a bad signing. That's where, see, there was one thing Paul Fenton was good at. It's the draft, at least so we want to believe, you know, the Adam Beckman and such. Hopefully those guys pan out. But free agency, I think he was kind of crappy. Fletcher was too, obviously. He was crappy at free agency. He was mediocre at the draft. Awful at trades was Fletcher. Awful trades. Awful. Uh, Riceboro sucked at everything pretty much, except for expansion draft. He was awesome at that. He did a great job in the expansion draft and made a good choice for the coach. After that, it was just a bunch of, you know, it was a steaming pile of you know what. It really was. Ever since you look at his drafts, you know, the last you know like about a three or three year period or so for Lou Nanny that were really 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 bad. That's that's uh, Doug Risebro's entire tenure outside of Marion Gabrick and my uh Miko Kwevu, Pierre Makbouchard, guys like that, Brent Burns. He did a couple of first round picks that were productive. And after that it was just gr- it was just crap uh, for the most part, with a couple getting lucky here and there. And you know, and then he couldn't even hit on first round picks for his life after Brent Burns. Didn't get anybody. And I mean anybody. Uh we'll continue now. Jay Bushy, welcome back, buddy. It's been a little while, hasn't it? <laughs> What's the likelihood of Kopperzov signing if the season ex- is extended and next season uh, may not start until November or December? Well, so far they're saying no. So far the NHL's saying no. So if the season is extended, um, he will sign and he will play next season, most likely. Uh, I do think he will skate up for the Minnesota Wild next season. Uh, this current remaining thing, they, they just say no. And I would hope that he's going to be willing to comply with that. Apparently he's fi- finally hired an agent, according to Michael Russo most recently on, uh, I believe, I can't remember if it was Barrero or uh, the Paul Allen show. I can't remember. I think it was Barrero. But he's finally hired an agent. So I think he's going to, they're going to have to make that adjustment. Like, I know you want to play now, but you're going to have to wait till next year. That's just, the NHL's not moving on that one. Tom Mayhem says, there is zero, none, not a zip, ch- zilch chance of the Minnesota Wild extending Koevo, right? I agree. Uh, it's, I don't see I don't see uh, Bill Guerin signing Miguel Uh The way he moved on from uh, Bruce Boudreau, obviously not really super related, but it does show you he's more of a business guy, or you know, he's all business and such. And I don't think the Wild, the wild signed Quivoru. If anything, it'd be like a one-year deal for like a small amount of money, like three or four million. And I, 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 I just don't think so. I don't think Quivoru's coming back. I don't think he's coming back. It's a shame because it's like you kind of could use him still, but. At the same time, it is what it is, and you got to open up roster spot and cap not cap space. Hopefully you can sign a center of some sort that at least be a second-line level, but we'll probably have to play first line of this team. At least a top-six type of guy, if humanly possible. Even though there's like one in, you know, one in a million that are any good, it seems like, you know, that's what it feels like anyway around here. Derek Felska, on a scale of one to ten, ten being very concerned, or one being not concerned at all, how concerned should Minnesota Wild be, fans be that Kirill Crawford has not signed the contract yet with the team? Well, the whole agent situation, so 10 is the most concerned. One, not at all. I'd say it's like a 3. For me, I'm like a 3. I'm a little bit concerned because you're never satisfied until they stand on the dotted line. But I, I'd say a 3. That's my guess. Uh, if you're willing to respond, what uh, what level would you be at? Personally, me, I'd say a 3. Like I, uh, Mildly concerned, but not really. Uh, obviously 5 would be like kind of like oh boy uh, 50-50 you know and 10 being like we're we're screwed uh no, I'm I'm at a 3 right now on that one Justin Becky says do you feel they are trying too hard to complete complete the 19 uh the 19 and 20 season just to possibly affect the 2021 20, season it is hard to say either way with the unknowns but would would like to hear your opinion brave the wild Minnesota <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, yes. Even though it's like, there's that there's just that weird what could have been. That's, I think, what's driving a lot of us crazy as fans, or just people like me who always want to see a conclusion to a season. Like the 94 baseball season that never got to finish. The Montreal Expos had the best record in baseball. And I like the Montreal Expos. And damn it, that would have been really cool. That was actually when the Yankees just started to get a good again for the first time in about, you know... uh how many years was it? About 15 years? Because that's 94. I don't know if Justin Bacchia remembers 1994, but I do, I'll just say. Th- there's that, there's just that itch. Like, what could it have been? And then now we'll see. That figures, Stewart, and Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher and frickin' Chris Stewart. God. <laughs> figures. I know you guys love Chris Stewart. I know. That's Philadelphia uh, Flyers uh, going on here. Chris Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh. Okay, 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 I better get back here, Justin. I'm sorry. Do you feel they are trying too hard to complete it just to pause? I, I am concerned about the next season, yes. But I think the effect is going to be worse on this current season than the next one. It, it kind of depends on how long they drag it out. Ah, oh, man. You know, it is almost like they should just cancel everything, isn't it? It is almost like they should just cancel everything, but they're just scared of losing money. That's the problem. Just cancel everything and restart, like, in September... So you get football a uh, football training camp in August. I just, I, I just want this to be exactly the way it has been. It's so wonderful. Football training camp August, hockey training camp September, basketball training camp October. I mean, it's just boom, boom, boom. It's the most wonderful thing. I don't like the weather as much that time of year as I do this time of year. Except for today, the last couple of days have been humid as hell. But normally, May is a little nicer than this. Uh, the humidity is usually around August, unfortunately. Um, But no, I mean, it's such an exciting time of year when you get all those sports revved up again. So I I can understand your concern there in a big way where I could mess up 2021. (sighs) There is that itch, but maybe it's not worth it. Maybe, I think I am on your side, Justin, if they should just kind of say, screw it and just start at the normal time. And because guys would come back, guys might get hurt, like those weird lockout seasons where guys get hurt real easy, especially in the NBA. There was ACL after ACL, and some of those guys just didn't come back real good. So, I believe that's it. I believe that's it. I'm going to refresh once to see if anything new popped up, but I believe that's it. See, odds are people are going to jump in early and early right away, and that's it. That's why I was willing to do the show now. Plus, uh, it, it was just a golden opportunity to, to go for it. Good timing, because I was alone at home here. Yeah, these are older, March 1st, yep. So that should be uh, everything at this stage, God willing. So I want to thank all you guys for your interaction. Always fun. I had to reminisce about the old 1981 North Stars. Amazingly, this got to an hour, just like a normal show during the regular season. That's crazy. But uh, I had to reminisce a bit. I wanted to get into that. And, of course, getting back to talking to you guys is just the coolest thing ever. I can't thank you guys enough for interacting with me and keeping it coming. Thank you, Derek. You know, and even on a holiday for taking the time to write that little tweet out. I can't thank you enough for that, brother. That that meant a lot to me. And I just, you know, today was just, I I just, it was was itching to me. I want to talk about the 81 North Stars, and I want to get back to talking to you guys. And thank you for taking the time to tweet and uh, ask your questions, and keep them coming again, you know, if I I could maybe mention them on the next show, even if it's like a a couple weeks from now or something, because I'll probably get another itch to come on again in a week or two or three, something like that, one to three weeks, I'll have that itch to come back, maximum a month, something along those lines, I don't think it'll be six weeks again, um, which I believe it was since the last show, but that's how it goes sometimes, usually does this time of year, (laughs) but, uh, God willing, we'll be back uh, soon. We'll be talking about the uh, restarted season, and hopefully guys can stay healthy. But I kind of do agree with Justin back a bit, that, that maybe it's really not worth it, and we should just say hell with it because there'll be too much of an asterisk next to the Stanley Cup champion anyway. As fun as it would be to watch, you don't want guys getting hurt, and you don't want a weird season the next year. Right? It affects two seasons instead of one. That's the one major fear going into this. With that said... I'd like to get you guys to, you're free to join on with audio submission, obviously hashtag, you know, just going on to at Brave the Wild, and then asking a question with a hashtag BTWMN, thank you guys for those of you that do that, and uh, keep, keep them coming, keep them coming in the future, In any time, just put it, anytime it doesn't matter, even if it's like a couple of weeks before the show, it's still a good question, it's still worthy, as far as I'm concerned, of getting on air, as long as it's even somewhat related to hockey, it's greatly appreciated Um, this and that so with that said again audio submission the way you get on there is you just simply use your smart device with a free voice recording application you open that up press record treat it like a phone call keep it about five minutes or so but whatever if you have a lot to say you have a lot to say you could go a little longer hit stop save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com that will also be in the show description of course I would then convert the file into an mp3 file thanks to Zumsar.com, which is 100% free. So if you ever need to do that with a smaller size file, convert the file into an mp3 or something else, Zumsar.com is the best way to go. I'm more than willing to give them a free plug because they give me a free service for this show. So it greatly helps. If I ever get audio submissions for this one, Purple Mafia, Timberwolves Explosion. It's just so helpful. So I'm more than uh, happy to, to give them a free plug thanks for their service to this show. So, with that said, again, continuing shout-outs to all of you. Ch- uh, you know, Derek Felska, Chad Walski, Pavel Bennett, Justin Backe, uh, Brandon Quast, Merrick Skyba, Chad Walski, if I didn't mention him already, David Kostick, Chance Kostick, Scott Cavendish, Kathy Main, you guys are awesome. Thank you. God bless, and uh, we'll talk to you in one to three weeks, is my guess, and, well, we'll see. We'll see if there really is hockey in if there's a Krill Copperies off signing. Let's roll, baby. Let's roll. <phone rings>